Welcome to Student Podcast. Our goal is to act as a conduit for young people to help them simplify complicated topics, concepts, and success stories into actionable pieces of intelligence that they can use in their everyday lives. Today, our guest is Andrew with Pro Athlete. I'm so pumped to have you on here, brother. Tell people a little bit about yourself. Yeah, hey, thanks. Really pumped to be on too. Um, Andrew Dallas, I'm the CEO of Pro Athlete. We're a, an online retailer of baseball bats and gloves and more recently uh, apparel and actually uh, as of this week, pickleball paddles. So um, we're doing all kinds of different things all online. I've been with the company 11 years um, as of this December. So yeah, just up here in the Northland, kind of rocking and rolling, doing our e-commerce thing. Heck yes. <laughs> doing our e-commerce, meaning that they are the largest e-commerce business in Kansas City. <laughs> in so let's not overshadow that. Sure. Not everyone's from KC, so uh, sure. North KC is just right above the river here, right in the middle. Kansas City, Missouri, and Kansas City, Kansas are two separate things. So not everyone knows. For sure. But uh, For sure. I'm pumped up. So I would love to hear a little bit about, um, obviously I know some about this, but you're just your background in general to kind of set the stage for um, kind of how you got to pro athlete and some of those things, just to give people a little bit of the journey so far, um, that the hero's journey you've kind of been on thus far. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, grew up in small town, uh, life in Northwest Missouri and went to a small college, like a division two college after high school and kind of just always stayed around home. And Kansas City was a couple hours away, so made the you know journey from small town to what I thought was a big city for more opportunity, you know, and stuff like that. But growing up, you know, when I say small town, I mean small town. Uh, Fifty-five people in the whole junior high to high school, uh, eighteen kids in my graduating class at the time, and you know, just everything you could imagine from being small town living. We had no businesses in our town except the post office. Wow. And it's just, yeah, just one of those stories that you hear about it. It's real. Um, I had moved around a little bit growing up. My dad um, was like in education, superintendent and principal and things like that. So we bounced around a little and ended up graduating from a uh, super small town. I lived in other small towns, but nothing that small. And yeah, like I said, went to division two school, Northwest Missouri State. And um, from there, just wanted to get to Kansas City for more opportunity and um, I think one of the two or three jobs I had at the time was uh, here at Pro Athlete answering phones is where I started. I was just trying to make money while I was getting my master's online and just trying to figure myself out. And it was just, you know, one of those things where I needed the money to live, but I wanted to get into sports and business. And there was something magical about this place. They had no openings and I just hounded them, which, um, you know, I'll, I'll talk about probably a little bit more later, but that perseverance you know, it, it pays off because how many times do you get told what you want to hear the first time in life? Hardly ever. Right. And very easily could have given up. And, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today had I done that. So some people think it's overbearing. I just never look at it like that. I think it shows great qualities to me as an employer right now. If you come up and do something to blow my mind and show me that you want to be here, I'm going to do everything I, in my power to find a spot for you because um, I love that determination and things like that. So um, anyway, got in the door and then, you know, since just been kind of moving around the company in different positions and landed kind of where I am today. I'm very much a product of an amazing organization, first and foremost. Uh, that's 100% true. So many people started where I did and have moved up into very key positions in the company. And it's just a, a product of pro athlete and, you know, the, the, infrastructure that was put in place from day one. So what is, do you have an example of what that means necessarily? Or what are some of the things that if, if a younger person was in your shoes and they were like, oh, well, my company has that opportunity as well. What would be examples of things that they could be like, raise a hand for type stuff that yeah. gave you as an opportunity, for example? Sure. And maybe a better way for me to say it would be, um, you know, don't wait to be asked uh, just in case that was, I want to make that crystal clear. I never waited. Huh. I went and took it. And not in a malicious way. It's just, okay, you could see, like one example for me was, it's kind of a silly one, but in Kansas City, we have this thing called Kansas City Corporate Challenge. And it's like business Olympics. Yeah. It had nothing to do with my job at the time. I was in marketing. And the person that ran Corporate Challenge for us 
um, left the company. And I just remember emailing someone. I said, I got it. And it was just like, that's all I said. I'll, I'll take care of it. I didn't even know what it was. It was just like, <laughs> cool. I want a new challenge. And I'm sure it's not super complicated. And I knew I would just figure it out. You know, um, yeah, one of my first things that I ever did to kind of get noticed at Pro Athlete was I was answering phones. I would get what felt like 10 or 15 of the same calls every day. What material is this bat made of? And at some point, it's just like, my goodness, why am I answering this same phone call? You know, let's put this on the website. And this is way back um, in 2009. So made the suggestion, hey, let's cut the calls down by putting it on the website. And so I think it's things like that. It's always having your antennas up and questioning things too. You can question everything in the business, except for me, the core values. You know, those are, those are things, and not saying, I guess I shouldn't say you couldn't, you can't question those. You can, those are just super important to the business. And it's a big discussion if we're going to alter those, right. but off the cuff type thing. <laughs> yeah. But like, as you in your day-to-day, -day, you know, life, just look at opportunities. Where is somebody else on your team struggling? Or where are they overworked? Hey, could I take that off your plate? I don't really know much about it, but I'm sure I could, you know, help alleviate it. So you could get to your kid's baseball game earlier tonight. Those things really matter when you're in um, a company because people do see that. I know so many people have stories of, you know, I really worked hard and it never got recognized. I, I think that happens, but I, I think I like to believe everybody is good, you know, um, or there's everybody has some good in them. And I would rather take the chance, you know, I would rather take the chance and do it that way than, you know, the opposite and just hope that they're going to notice you, like make them get in front of them, make the decision makers life easier. Right. You know, I, I read a book when I was kind of making my transition from just a professional level position to more of an executive position. I read a book. It was um, about being a C COO, being the number two person. And the whole theme of it was make the noise go away Ooh. for the CEO. What you just said, I'm like, I instantly like, oh my gosh, be amazing. Right. Think about how, you know, you as a business owner, CEO, executive, whatever your position is, you have so much going on. You're getting asked to do all kinds of stuff and getting bombarded with questions. If you can get someone in there that can represent your thoughts and represent the company the way you want and make the noise go away. Right. That's how you build your path. It's a great book, um, make the noise go away. It's just, it's so, I, I, don't even, I don't remember the author, but I still have it in my office. And it was just, it hit home so well. It, it puts like, a, like words to what you're doing. You know, you've been doing that. You've been trying to make everybody's lives easier, but making the noise go away is kind of that, that anthem. Uh, you know, to kind of live by, at least for me, that's, that's what I, I didn't realize I was doing it before I read the book, but I was. Right. And that put words to it. It's like, okay, that's what I've been doing. So. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, I feel like really, even if it, even just from professional executive, really, like, even if you can help make the noise of some of your peers go away or your manager or really your, like your friends, your family, it doesn't really matter. Like people will notice that. Like you're just talking like, oh, I didn't get noticed, but they will notice when all of a sudden, they will. where did this time come from? Like, I don't have all this. Yes. Oh my God, Andrew just helped me out. Like that, that will not go unnoticed. <laughs> so that's awesome. I agree that's with very, you. Very example. I love that. Um, so then yeah. let's jump in a little bit to, to uh, uh, kind of the call to adventure. Um, you alluded a little bit to a professional to executive type thing. Um, there sounds to be, or sounds like there are tons of different examples of this, but kind of that point where um, you, you got the opportunity, you raised the hand that, that time you're like, oh crap, this is a big opportunity um, or different things like that. Just kind of that call to adventure, maybe it was in your life, maybe it was professional, it's up to you. Yeah, um, I think probably one of them that it, it might come up again later in some of the discussions about, you know, some of the difficult times but I felt like the call, like sometimes the call comes when things aren't great. A lot of the time, that's what happens. Right. And for me, there was this instance um, in, I think, I think 2012 and I was kind of being, I was in that professional um, level, not like an executive at this point. And I was asking a lot of questions about the business, trying to learn. And, you know, I kind of noticed that we had a hundred, we had 118 people at the time. Right now we have 65. 
and we do more revenue and all that stuff now, which kind of will lead to the story. But I remember asking all these questions like, you know, is this efficient? It seems like we're hiring at a really rapid pace is, is like, are the numbers staying in, in line with that? And I remember being told, you know, it's a great question. Um, you seem very curious about that. Why don't you go figure it out? And it's like, that was sweet. That was like the call, like to, it was like the, you got the freedom to kind of help us solve this problem. Um, they had, I think they had already noticed it, but they didn't have anybody else in the organization really noticing it. And so it was kind of like this, if you know, you're asking, go take it. And it, it was a very, uh, I don't know, it was a powerful moment because I felt entrusted, you know, for maybe the first time. I'd done a lot of other things, but on a smaller scale. Right. This was dealing with people's lives and jobs, and I wasn't really established at that point. And so it was heavy. But, right. you know, I just think that that's been one of the big things that kind of called me to loving this part of the business is like every decision you make is important because in a business, because there's other people involved with it. So you can't take any decision, whether it's, you know, who to hire, who to fire, whether to keep soda in the building, which we got rid of back in the day. And I got so much uh, <laughs> static for that. Like, but every decision matters because there's a human element to every decision. And it doesn't just go with the people in the building. It goes to their family, their kids, their friends, other organizations that they're part of. You have an impact on all those. And that is a job that you need to take seriously and truly take to heart and put everything into every single decision. How did you learn that piece? Like, I feel like that if, I don't know necessarily that everyone thinks when they make a decision of like the second order of depths, like if you, it, it, like if you eat cake, the first order is it tastes, it tastes really good, but then you get fat if you do it over and over. Right. If you work out, yeah. it sucks up front, but the second order would be abs or, or work. And so I don't necessarily think that everyone thinks yeah. if I make X decision, this could be the second, third, fourth, fifth order. Like, how did you learn that? Or is that something that was baked into you younger? Or, or was that through, as you were coming up, like, help me. Great question. I, you know, you might stump me here. I don't recall, as I sit here right now, like specific moments where I was like, I learned that. I, I guess it's something, yeah, you probably were brought up, you know, I think it has a little bit of an element of, you know, really looking at the big picture of things, because I think too often we look, we make decisions based on the instant impact that it's going to have. And we don't think about everything else, right. you know, that it might affect in your business, your culture, uh, this area, that area. And I, I think you probably pick it up as you go, because you probably get a few right, but you probably get a lot of them wrong. Where, I mean, I mean, it's a horrible example. I'll go back to it, but we're the healthiest company in Kansas City, six years in a row, third healthiest company in America in 2016. And prior to that, um, we were known as a healthy company, but we had things like soda in the building still and things. It's like, okay, that's not really, we're projecting this, but it's really not, we're not, you know, living up to everything. And so you make that decision. Like, I just remember, I was just like, nope, no more soda. Well, there's a whole group of people in this building that wanted it and all this stuff. And we, we supplied it and I'm just like, Oh, just get over it. You know? And it's like, <laughs> you, and, and in my mind, it's like, just get it soda. What are we talking about here? But there's probably something to that. Like, uh, somebody stays up late, they need it to help them do programming or they like whatever it is. And I was just very, eh, what's the big deal? Take that on a much more serious decision. Right. And it's going to be expanded by tenfold, you know, like how that will impact others, uh, health insurance for employees. Um, and it's a great, great topic right now during COVID. People are having to cut costs. Well, what costs can you cut well, okay, we can get rid of health insurance. Okay, that sounds great on the balance sheet or on the um, financial, the P&L statement. What about when one of your employee's kids has to go to the doctor and they don't have the insurance that they had before? Now, how do you think about it? Yeah. You know, and that's, and that's why- that's a great I think example of like that second order. Like that is, that was right. perfectly spot on. That's awesome. <laughs> right, yeah. And it's so weird though. Like I, the reason I brought up the soda example is like, those are the varying levels of decisions 
that you're going to have to make in leadership positions. And, but you need to take them all serious. And I learned the hard way. Like, I'm just like, why would that be a problem? Right. And I drank it. I liked it too. And it's like, I can live without it, but you just never know. So that's why I think every decision you make, um, you need to try to, before you make it, play out all the scenarios and run it by people, you know, just say, Hey, this is going to sound really weird, but if I got rid of soda, would that be like terrible? And then go to the other side. Hey, if I got rid of health insurance because we need to save money to make payroll, right. is that going to be a big problem? It doesn't seem like it would be to me. Well, wait, da, 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 da. like all these things. You can save yourself a lot by thinking through all those things before you make the decision. And like I said in our Mr. K, um, the small business of the year thing in Kansas City, what, what I think makes pro athlete a special place is we never go to the bottom line first. We think about the employee and their experience or the customer and their experience. And then we make the money and stuff makes sense. I know that's it's easier said than done, but it's been a philosophy from the beginning. And if, you, if that's how you do your business, the money will come. Right. I promise, you know, but it's, it's hard when you're starting out to be able to do that because you have to make decisions based around money. But I promise if you do the right thing first, right. everything else will, will fall in line. You will be rewarded for that. Yeah, you will. I, love that. I was just, it's crazy. You say that specifically. I was just watching something or I heard something or read something today. That's like, just do the action consistently every day. Work. If you're in sales, make the calls. If you are an ops person, do that. If you're a coder, code, like do it and money will come. Yeah. Good things will happen. So yeah, I, I love that. And kind of a perfect segue. Uh, you, you had mentioned before you make those decisions, you ask some people, talk to some people, you ask some advice. Mentors is kind of the next next step in this kind of journey we're on here. Um, I would yeah. love to hear um, some of those mentors that have been uh, impactful in your life. I know there was a coach that had a great moment with you. Um, it sounds like you have some business. I would love to hear um, about your business advisors, especially again, 18 to 26 is who we're talking to right now. And sure. I know like there are so many, like, how do I get a mentor? How do I, how many should I meet with? How often should I, should I ask them about this? Is this too stupid to ask them about? Like things like sure. that too. So I would love to just you bet. jump into that. Well, and I'll start, you know, since we're targeting the 18 to 26, like right here, if you need anything, you can always reach out to me. Like, you know, and I know, and I don't know any of you out there probably, but <laughs> it's, it's one of these things, do it. Like Cody's done it. Other people in Kansas city have done it. What are you waiting for? You know, don't be afraid. There's a lot of really good people in this world. Those walls don't really exist um, right. for the good ones there. Cause everybody's been in your shoes, confused, not sure what they want to do in life, maybe, or whatever. I was there mm -hmm. and people like to pay it back. So um, don't hesitate to reach out to any people that you think. Um, but for me, I've, you know, I've been blessed. I've had several good ones, two that really stick out. Um, one, the coach that you mentioned, high school basketball coach. A lot of my stories in life, the good, the bad, you know, go back to sports. And that's why I'm very thankful to be uh, in a sports organization in a sense. I just love the competition. I love the highs and lows because it's always worth it in the end. I always would say, yeah, I know I missed that game-winning shot at State, which I did. Missed the game-winning shot to go to the championship at the Final Four um, my sophomore year. Missed it. Wow. But I know it, everything up to that point and all the heartache after crying in the locker room because I let down the seniors and my coaches and everybody, I would do it again. And I would take the shot again. And it was all worth it, all that misery I went through because – the game you love it you love the competition and stuff like that but I I think what gave me the confidence to take that shot again and stuff was this coach um that we talked about coach Jermaine and he was just inducted into the Missouri uh sports hall of fame uh this last yeah this last month with um some other great people and I just remember this one time you know he, he just he worked so hard and he was a perfectionist we would run a play till we got it perfect because he knew in the game how important that repetition would be. And it would just be like second nature to us at that point. And, but anyway, he was just really good, really diligent, personable, but really stern. And he had high expectations, which works for, you know, a lot of people, but doesn't work for some, right. you know, there's a lot of people who just, they don't like that. And that's okay. 
Um, that, that style doesn't work for everybody. It, I got lucky. It worked. It really worked for me. And I respected the heck out of them for it. And there was this one instance, I had a, a high ankle sprain early in the season. Um, and just, it was, it was a pretty tough one. Those are sometimes hard to come back from. And I was itching to get back ready to play. I came back a little too early. And I, I remember the brace I had back in the day. It felt like it like went from my you know, toes up to my knee. And it was an ankle thing. Like it was just so big, you know, and I could barely move with it. First game back and I was a point guard bringing the ball up. And I remember I'm like kind of gimping along a little bit, but still was okay to play. No excuses. And I'm dribbling at the top of the key. This guy just picks my pocket and goes and shoots a layup. This was, you know, after a few quarters or something and just instant timeout by my coach came over there and he took the whole time out to tell me that my it's my job as a point guard to take care of the basketball and he's just like act like a leader you know saying all these things it's your job at the time I'm like dude could I get some sympathy here like I'm not I didn't say that but it's like my yeah, ankle hurts I'm bad you're like yeah. <laughs> yeah and I just remember it's super small gym very much like the movie Hoosiers no joke because I remember where I'm from it's tiny and I can see my mom because I'm sitting here and he's right in front of me. And I can see my mom and he, everybody can hear what he's saying to me in this little gym. And my mom still to this day is like, I didn't like that. And I'm like, no, that was great. I needed it because it taught me one of the best lessons ever. And it's just the expectations. If you want to be a leader are high and there are no excuses really for it. You want that role. You step up, you don't make excuses you're not going to get sympathy from people. If you make the wrong decision, you're going to get, you know, questioned, you're going to get whatever. And you're probably not going to get a lot of praise either. Sometimes. Right. What happened to my folk, Andrew, man, I love right. <laughs> right. But if that gets you going, like that's what being a leader is, you know, and like being the forgotten one, the one that's just behind the scenes, taking care of everybody. I love that. Yeah. Um, I love that role. But the best thing about that is, after he chewed me out, um, you know, we went on and won the game or whatever, but I was a gym rat. My dad was superintendent, so I could get the keys and go to the gym whenever I wanted. So he knew that I went up there, um, you know, even on the weekends. And he just said, hey, you want to meet me up there uh, tomorrow morning? So it was on, the, in a week, on a weekend, and he goes, we could shoot baskets. And he just rebounded for me and apologized. He goes, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have said that so loudly and all those things. And I just remember being like, no, like, how is that? And like, he was a lot bigger deal in his mind than it was to me. But I did appreciate that he apologized, but I didn't need it. He right. taught me one of the best things I, I thank, you know, need to thank him for that. So it was, it was a very powerful moment. Still respect him to this day. You know, he's one of the winningest coaches in Missouri sports history because of things like that, you um, know, and so it was just really cool. What's that? You still call him coach? Yeah, I mean, I don't call him by his first name. I, I call him Mr. So is what I, Mr. Jermaine is what I still call him. That's what I always did. But yeah, still, it would never be his first name. Right, yeah, yeah. I, it's just yeah. interesting. I talked to a lot of athletes and they, they there's just like a holiness almost for their coach. Yeah. I even personally, like never. If it's not their coach, it's just Mr. Blank. Same thing. Yeah, it's just for sure. To hear that. Um, yeah. So have that problem. And before we jump from this one too, you had mentioned just a second ago, the forgotten one. Um, and yeah. I would love for you to go a little bit deeper into that because that is something that, especially when I, cause I coach a lot of young people too. And it's something that mm -hmm. they, they're like, we talked a little bit about this a second ago, they're not noticing me or, or they, they get into a leader, leadership position or they start something or they're leading a team and they don't get the props. They don't get the praise and they just kind of get a little bit in it. And it's like, they want to pause and take a moment and say, wait, wait, I did that. That was me. It was like, like, yeah. Oh, I did. Like they don't get the trophies anymore. They don't get the recognition. It hits their ego some. And so I would love. How did you learn that? How have you used that? Like talk just a little bit more about that mentality because that is so important in leadership. I would say. You bet. So I think it's kind of twofold here. So earlier when I was talking, I was mentioning that your work will get noticed if you you know just do the right thing and work hard and things like that. So I think in that regard, when you're trying to get to be a, in a management role or a leadership role, which you can be a leader and be answering phones. You know, anybody can be a leader, but 
you know, in a formal. I completely agree. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) But if you're trying to get that credibility so you can make decisions and people take you seriously and stuff, you know, I get that. So there's in that sense, you need to get noticed by how hard you work and, you know, results and things like that. But when you're in the leadership, in leadership positions, I, I so value my time as being the forgotten one. The one that's like, and honestly, it's, it's another bullet point here that I wanted to talk about, but I had a title for years called my, my official title with the company was no title because <laughs> I did a lot of different things and it didn't make sense to call me anything. Those were the years I was the forgotten one. And it, there's times when it really frustrates you. Like, you're just like, gosh, that's me. But you, you hold it back because who cares? It's a company thing. I'm here, like, I'm here to help others and the company. You got to check. That you do for that voice when it's like, wait, that was me. Like, do you think, like, sure. like, whatever that voice in your head is, are you like, no, 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 dude, this is about people. This is about my squad, what we're doing together, what we're getting. Or, or what do you, is there a tip you've got there? Yeah, that one's really hard because you're going to you're gonna like blow up sometime. Like you're gonna probably like say it to someone in a meeting. That was my, like, you're taking credit for that. Like you might, that might happen. So I think it's just, I always try to reset back to the mission that I have for us and our company. And that's to blow people's minds. And that it's in a, I know it's the most basic thing ever, but it's like, nobody cares. Like in the, in the, the journey to blow people's minds with great experiences they don't care if you did it or he did it or she did it or who did it. They care that it happened. And I take a lot of pride in knowing that I was part of an organization that made that um, an emphasis because everybody contributes here. Our number one HR person is our chef in this company. (laughs) So like people would be like, well, how does it, how does a chef contribute? Well, he makes awesome food that keeps us all together and, full and united at the the lunch table talking about family and friends and business and things like that. So, um, you know, I think it's, I think it's just very important to embrace that role as a leader. And what happens is I was the forgotten one for a long time. And because I approached my business that way, it's changed a little bit. Like we're a little more forward facing. People are now reaching out and asking us to talk about our successes and how we got to places and we're getting recognized as a small business of the year in Kansas city and things like that, but be humble. Like, and everybody always talks about that. It's not a show. Like, I don't think humble is something you can, I think you can fake it maybe for a while, but man, at some point that's going to come out. If it's inauthentic, you can feel it. Like, like, yeah, I agree completely. Yeah. And the other mentor I I didn't get to, but I mean, as big was uh, Scott Hedrick, the uh, majority owner of pro athlete, the most humble person ever. I learned, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a high A personality, impatient, very, you know, animated and stuff like that. He's calm, cool, collected, calculated, smart, all those different things. I learned a ton from him about like those things not mattering, you know, and I playing sports, I was the point guard. I cared way more about how many assists I had than how many points I had to a fault. I wouldn't take my own shots and I got in trouble for it a lot. Dude, shoot the basketball. It's like, no, I want to get him involved because it's so awesome when he makes a basket to see his family over there cheering for him. That's what gets me going. I don't need that. And so it, you know, different things like that, but I learned a ton from Scott and then another really big, uh, really life-changing, I think for me, was something that he told me, our, our founder was his dad, Scott's dad, Wes Hedrick, and his wife, Judy Hedrick. They started this company in 1987. He passed away a couple of years ago. And at his funeral, Scott spoke. And he said a lot of great things um, about his dad. But one really stuck out to me. He said, my dad taught me how to take the high road. Mm. It's like, wow, that has really stuck with me. We've incorporated that into our business, uh, our values and different things like that since. It just hit me. It's like, wow, the high road is so much less trafficked than not taking the high road. Because most people, they want to confront and get into things that don't matter. And 
what taking the high road is, is sometimes just shutting up and knowing that it's like, whatever you're, if you're going to get into it or have an issue with this, it's not going to change anything. I've just really been amazed at how much better I feel when I take the high road or give credit to somebody else or whatever those things are. I just think that's been one of the best lessons I've ever learned. And I learned that from one of my you know favorite people in, on this planet and a great mentor. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Good Samaritan. Man. You can't, can't go yeah. Just, just do it. What, what, what's the worst that could happen? So, yeah. Um, so love mentors and they're, they're amazing and they typically help you get to a point where you are kind of at that point and maybe it's a little scary. You're about to do the skydiving, you're crossing the threshold, right? Spider-Man got bit by the spider, Obi-Wan, it's like, Luke, you are a Jedi. That type of moment. Maybe it wasn't a moment for you. Maybe it was a set of them. Um, but was there a moment for you in your personal career, or sorry, your career or your personal life where it's like, oh, this is a big moment. I'm really crossing the threshold here from just like ordinary to, holy crap, we can do some cool things. Yeah, it's a really great question. I think there's so many examples, but I think the, the big one was really going from that no title, the forgotten one, right. to being named COO. And the reason I, I use that is because I, I think that really, I think it like made it, it justified, you know, me more internally than anything else. It wasn't about, you know, necessarily others and how they perceive it. Cause I got, I kind of got used to it going to networking events, people being like, so explain to me what no title is. It's like, okay. But I think for me, it was that justification that Scott trusted me. And it, what a title means nothing. I, I like, we don't really get into titles here, but it was more about what that move said. It's like, here's the keys, dude, take it. And then, you know, from there I went to the CEO thing, but it was really the COO move that was crossing that threshold into the, the ultimate level of trust between two people. It's oh, like yeah. you could, you speak for, when you speak, you're speaking for me and I trust you. I don't even need to hear what you're going to say before you say it, because I know we're so in sync. That was a big moment for me. It, it empowered me. It ignited life into me, you know, just to, to know that he trusted me because that's what I'd really been working for. You was know, this like was, a literal moment. Like Andrew, you are, I've decided this today. Like you, like come to my office type moment or was this like yeah. a like what what would help me with that yeah not on that particular one I don't remember a specific moment but maybe another threshold you know if that's possible to do again 100%. when I when I went from you know COO and I'd been kind of running the day-to-day -day operation to the official CEO title and co-owner he wrote me a letter oh and just put it on my desk and it just talked about a lot of really impactful stuff, but you know, it was it, and I have it framed in my office now. Um, I opened it and read it, but I, it just says Andrew on the envelope. Nobody, people will ask what, what is that? And it's like, oh, just an important letter, you know, that I got from an important person. And it just talked a lot about, you know, the trust level and all that stuff. And it just kind of brought everything full circle, you know, for that next, that next chapter. Wow. That is that is awesome. I, I, I never know. Uh, that's really cool. Um, a question I have about, so the no title thing, a lot of the people that kind of tune in some of the stuff are younger founders in general, me, mm -hmm. myself included. Like this is a question sure. I authentically have for you too, um, yeah. is that the like, no titles, I love them at like the thought process, but, and this is my own personal struggle, right? Is it helps me, they at least help me understand, okay, I can delegate this thing to this person because they have that title but I don't necessarily, I, I don't, we don't care about titles either. Like we almost sure. literally, I was almost person one for my title and awesome. co-founder was person two. Um, sure. But the, what I found is that it helps me in delegation be able to understand what's going on, but I don't, I don't know. Have you found a way around that? Because if there is, I would totally crush them all tomorrow, but sure, what, sure. I mean, like, like, yeah. We yeah it's, it's, def it's definitely difficult. And I think some organizations they try to get cute with it. We've done that. We've tried to go like manager lists and all these different things like Zappos did. And um, some of those work. It's also sometimes like, okay, you're just trying to overcomplicate it. You're, you're trying, you're, what you're trying to do is right, but maybe this mechanism isn't. The reason the no title made a lot of sense 
uh, is because it just wasn't maybe not ready to officially say COO, but I think everybody knew what it meant because it was explained properly. Right. What I found the titles are a lot more, it's a lot more impactful outside. So like if you're calling somebody and needing to talk to them about something, sell them something, be, saying, I, I'm Andrew, well, what's your position? Ah, no title. Okay. You maybe don't have the credibility. It's unfortunate that right. that happens, you know? So that's where I think the outward facing titles and stuff, do whatever you need to, to get in front of the people you need to. But for us, our culture was just so tight and stuff. It was a lot more about the actions I took. And I showed that I was the first one here, last one to leave. I would jump in on projects and stuff. I would go into their department and clean it up and provide systems for them and put in new people in place and just different things like that. And it, then it just becomes like, okay, I'm in this meeting and there's questions going around and there's a decision to be made. And they're like, well, where's Andrew? He usually, oh, he's not in on this one. Okay. And you just like, people start to, or you speak up in meetings that other people don't. And it kind of naturally, that's why I say, when we say everybody can be a leader, that's an example of that. You don't have to be tapped on the shoulder and wear a jersey or have a nameplate that says, I am a leader. You go out and you do things that leaders do. You pick up your coworkers when they're down. You fill in for them when they're out. You help them get to where they want to go. You know, all those different things. You do it with a smile and you come back and you do it again the next day and the next day and the next day. And you don't ask for anything in return because your gift is seeing them get where they want to go and the company get where they want to go. Oh, yeah. That's what I believe. You shifted to the ultimate noise canceler now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Helping sure. everybody. That's awesome. Sure. Uh, so the next two kind of go together a lot, oftentimes. Um, but the there's a lot of ways to frame it. But the way we frame it kind of in this journey would be caves you've entered and then superpowers you've developed through those trials and tribulations. Um, so it could be yeah. a moment, could be a oh shit type moment, kind of depends. And then kind of you can separate them if you want, but kind of a story there and superpower there, whatever. But a lot of times people end up kind of coming together like this is what happened and here's a superpower. So I would love to hear some of yours. You bet. A good segue. I've touched on these a little and I can kind of tie it together. The Perfect. cave, you know, like most, there's probably been a lot. A couple that stick out um, more than others, but the one I want to focus on, uh, during that time when we were overstaffed, we would go through these uh, self-assessments as a business and we would, it was like a, we brought a consultant in and they asked questions to employees anonymously, filled out a survey and we used it to try to get better um, mm -hmm. as an organization, very powerful stuff. And, you know, like you're never going to have everybody hundred percent happy and things like that. And right. While I wasn't in like an official capacity, you know, at that time, like COO or whatever, I was acting, you know, like that. And I remember the consultant like said, hey, I've compiled all the information and this is kind of what people think of you. You send emails at like 2 a.m. You're like, you have no patience in terms of like when things are due. You're always like on it. They worry that you're like overworking yourself and like they're, you're just too over the top. Right. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, okay, like. So me being a really hard worker and like always wanting to be on it and always doing these things, the way it comes out of my body and is projected is different than the way people are taking it in. Oof. It's like, okay. And it really, I mean, I remember, I remember it so vividly. We lived downtown at that time. I had about a 15 minute drive and I was just like gassed. It was like three hours in a conference room. Um, leading into a weekend with this consultant telling me how much I sucked, you know, basically, and or telling me how much the uh, coworkers thought I sucked <laughs> is what it felt all like. around you all day. Right. Is what it felt like. Okay. So then on the ride home, I'm just like upset. Seriously. Like, wow, is this really worth it? I know I'm a good person. I'm not, I don't mean those emails at 2am. That's just when I'm working. And then you take a deep breath. You know, I get downtown, my wife's at a concert. And I, she gets back and she sees me like kind of drained and we just kind of start talking and it's like, read between the lines. What are they trying to tell you? They're not telling you you're a jerk and all that. They're telling you like, I just feel like 
you're always on it and it's kind of intimidating and I'm in bed at 2 a.m. You know, and it's like, oh, okay. Cause I, I never even thought, well, I probably need to preface it with, I don't need you to respond at 2 a.m. Um, you know, <laughs> and things like that. And then it's like, okay, or just wait. Like, and my mind is, okay, I need to get this out of my brain and into the hands of someone that can fix it because it's driving me crazy. <laughs> you know, so many people know that, but it's not how it's perceived on the other end. The other end is, is this dude really giving me homework at 2 a.m.? Like, okay. So you read between the lines and you're like, okay, I can still be that way and not take it to the, the level that makes it look weaponized, you know? So that was a dark spot. You know, you're really questioning yourself as a human because you're misunderstood and right. in your mind and really you're, you know, your intentions are good. It's just perception. And so really went head on and just like tried to not do that within reason. You know, you don't want to like change completely because that's what makes you, you, but right. understand it, you know, and try to take the extremes out of it. Don't send it at 2 AM schedule it to go to them at eight or nine in the morning. Right. Okay. Is there someone that helped you dissect that feedback or did you do this yourself? Cause I like, I, I there's performance reviews. There's all sorts of stuff all the time like this. Like I could see someone, a younger person, especially getting their first performance review, shutting down completely, not knowing what to do, taking it to heart and not like the, and I think it has a lot to do because with your athlete pass, that's why I love athletes, yeah. athletes, but um, like your coach's feedback, you went back out and played. Right. And so yep. this is similar to that, but was there something that you do in those moments? Did your wife help you? Did Scott talk to you? Did yep. like, you know? Yeah. My wife definitely helped me uh, when it was fresh. Hey, relax. Like, let's take a break from it. Look at it again tomorrow. Scott was the one that really said, read between the lines. I've been through this before, you know, coming from someone who provides all these amazing perks, like we do to hear anybody say anything negative, it, it stings a bit, you know? And I think he told me, he's like, yeah, you're, you just got to read between the lines of what they're trying to tell you. It's not probably as extreme as it's being delivered. Wow. And so he really helped me process that, but that was definitely the cave. And, you know, segueing into the superpower, I had to really display it a lot. Then I didn't have the Scott's dad hadn't passed away at that point. So I didn't know it was the overarching theme of like, take the high road, but that's what Scott was telling me mm. in that meeting. He just didn't put that name like he did when um, we were at the funeral, but that's what he was telling me. Like, read between the lines. To you. He was like, not just like uh, like a, a phrase, like, oh yeah, frivolously take the high road. No, he was, that, that's, yeah. that's powerful. <laughs> yeah, and it's weird. I'd never really noticed that until getting ready for this, that like he'd been talking about taking the high road for years. It was just at his father's funeral that there was word association with what he'd been teaching me this whole time. And, that. you know, it, it's pretty powerful. And I think that is one of the greatest superpowers because it is very hard for me to do that as an athlete. You're, you're a fighter. You're determined. You're there to win. Right. Huh. Sometimes, you know, it makes you think back, like, I'm so competitive. We're playing a team that's never hasn't won all year. Grand scheme of things, what if they let you win? You know, and that's weird for my brain. Or what if you let them win? It's hard for my brain, but like that hurts me back, too. Just to I know. Say it, like, you know, no, and I, I, I feel still that don't though. know if I could do it, but it's like now it's like that's a way different perspective because in the grand scheme of life, you probably feel way better knowing that like the kids on that team that have lost 20 straight games got one night of hope instead of another night of like, you know, being upset. But it's in the moment that's hard to do. That's oh, an extreme version. Well, that's you. And looking back, it's like, it's monotonous. Oh, won another game. Who gives us crap? Or right, we help right. them. Like that's 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 interesting. Yeah. I never thought about that. And that learn that from Scott. You know, just like yeah, the high road's pretty awesome because it it feels really good. It's hard in the moment. It is really hard in the moment to bite your tongue. But man, I'm telling you, after you never feel bad after. When every time you don't take the high road, you feel bad after. Right. You pretty much every time. You know. It's like, why did I do that? And then it's like, you never have that feeling if you just take the high road. Right. But you always come out you know, on the right side. Even yeah. maybe it's not right in that moment, but it, it, it will come back. Yeah, absolutely. I love absolutely. it. I, uh, 
the the uh, so I'm happy to ask another one. I know that we are sure. close to time here. I don't know if you have a hard time. Sure. No, yeah. If you got some more, let's do it. Okay, sweet. Yeah. I, so I would love um, the because the, taking the high road. That, that's an awesome example. I would love to hear a little bit of one of the got a lot of thoughts that process <laughs> live so um, but the in some of the consulting I did when I was when I was a Sandler a lot of the big things was like and something I believe so truly uh, to just hear you say Scott do that because Scott's someone I look up to too he's one of the first people like you were talking about at the beginning I literally saw him on a, on a forum and I walked up to him like I just graduated college I have no idea what I'm doing would you just talk with me and he's like sure <laughs> And he just took the call. Yeah. So it's cool to hear yeah. like one of your heroes just like even when he's not in front of you, just crushing it. So that's awesome. Uh, but he that's demonstrated right. to you that that value, like that. And there's a lot of times where I would work with a company where they've got them all strapped up on, painted beautifully on the wall or whatever. Um, but it's like a personal integrity, trustworthy. It's like, shouldn't those be, why are you hiring someone who doesn't have integrity? Is that really sure. value in general? But um, the, the, the bigger part of that, like I'm perfect, I have nothing against integrity. It's just the, they say the word, but they don't demonstrate a behavior. To me, a value is how you behave as a business. And as obviously Scott literally demonstrating, you just were describing, he showed you multiple times where he showed you. Are there any other times like that? Because to me, that's a superpower. Being able to demonstrate and behave in the way that you talk about your values. Are there any other values that um, you have, you personally, like that's one that you know you have, like espoused yourself throughout your, your time there or is there another one with Scott uh, another moment like that with Scott um, or any other mentor that really they showed you something and it was like oh that's interesting that's now in your guys's values sure wow so many good examples of that I think if I you know sat back and thought of them but um, I guess one that kind of comes to mind um, I mean I said it earlier but we have this theme around here about blowing people's minds and I, I love it. A lot of people kind of look at us funny um, when we say that, but I just love that that's something that's our North star. Right. You know, we create experiences that blow people's minds. And, you know, I, for me, that is seriously what I get up every day and I try to beat what I did the day before. It's and being competitive, it's a great game because everybody wins when it's over. Because if you try to outdo what I did yesterday, somebody that is the beneficiary of what you're doing is going to have a good day. And then if I go out and try to beat what you did, um, so I it's not one specific example, which I apologize for, but it's this year long or years long battle between Scott and I to outdo the other on the next crazy cool idea. And, you know, we've done, we've just done great. And I don't even think I coined the phrase, the do good game. Um, just this last year, we didn't even know we were playing it all these years, but we do. So now it's like, okay, let's fly all the managers to New York. Let's surprise them, take them to a Royals day game against the Mets, go walk on the field and, you know, come back same day. We did that. Yeah, we did that surprise. And the best moment of that thing was surprising them. I told him we were going to go tour a bunch of businesses in Kansas city and learn about how they do business. I go, yeah, the first stops, the downtown airport is just like, what? And they bought it. Um, no and <laughs> yeah. And I go, the, the guys inside said, we could like take a look on this plane if you guys want to. And then I nudged one of the, the guys and I said, Hey, it's really, it was like a hundred degrees that day. I go, it's really hot. Would you rather like go somewhere where it's cooler? Maybe watch the Royals. And I handed him the tickets and he's like, like, you know, just like, what? And I'm like, yeah, let's go. And we get on the plane and the coolest moment was they all sit down and they've now seen that we've got Bloody Marys and mimosas and all this stuff ready for this flight in the middle of a workday. And the phones come out texting their significant others. You're not going to believe what I'm doing. That had to be the best. And that's, that's the moment. I could have got off the plane right there and never taken off and been so happy with just seeing how proud and how excited they were to say, this is the type of place I work. And, you know, that's, those are the moments that get me going and like get me excited to continue to do that. And it, I just think it's such a healthy game to play. And I'm so glad I get to do that. Leadership, dude, that is 
it just it blows my mind every time we talk. Literally, like I'm just—I didn't even mean to say that. I literally did yeah. not. It just—I just came out of my mouth. But that, like that is like you demonstrated. I love every time. Oh, thank I, you. Talked a few times, and I've seen you talk and like, watch your stuff, right? But um, it's what I see you demonstrate, like that—that that I like. I love to be able to reflect and like so keep crushing some things. Thank is there you. any other superpower? I know per perseverance was one that you kind of mentioned that I. Uh, that that's one that I. Yeah talking about just the not quitting type mentality. Um, but was there any other ones that you want to hit on? Yeah, I think, you know, that perseverance is definitely one, you know, that may be a standard one that people um, talk about in business for sure. But I do think it's very important because you're just very few times in life do you get what you're looking for at the first run. And it's easy to give up you know, it's easy to turn and go try something different. But if you really believe in something, you know, you keep fighting through. And I think, I know I'm over the top with that quality. I'm just very, <laughs> that's just the way I'm wired, you know? So when I talk to someone who's the opposite, it's hard for us to understand. Cause I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I don't understand why on earth you wouldn't, you would think that's wrong. Well, I don't want to be a burden. That doesn't mean he or she's wrong or I'm right, vice versa. It just means we're different. We're wired differently. And, but I do think knowing that people in decision-making positions, I believe if they're good and like they have a good business model and that, you know, they like believe in people and they want to do the right thing. If, if they've checked those boxes, that is a quality everybody wants. Right. Do you want someone who just like, when it gets hard, they give up and nobody's going to, people ever go talk about that on a, like on a resume or anything. Do you ever put all the times you quit? Right. You know, you get to see it, That's you get to see it on a job description, but it's just like, you think people, like everybody can say they like people to like keep fighting and everything. Right. But that doesn't mean you don't take the high road when it's necessary. You know, those are two different things, but that perseverance quality, I just challenge everybody to find someone who doesn't think that's a good quality. If I could see sometimes if you have a manager that doesn't want you to uh, advance past them and they try to like keep you pushed down, Got that's it. what, that doesn't qualify with the person I was talking about. That's there for the good, right. that you can't change those people. But if you have good people making good decisions for the betterment of your business and the people, They'll all love that quality. And that's a superpower. It's not the superpower to keep doing it. It's, or perseverance is not necessarily the superpower. It's like understanding in my mind that it is a good quality to have and fight that inner conflict. If you're like a more reserved or low A person that you're bothering somebody. Right. That's, I just don't think that's true. I think you're always just, they would admire that that drive every time it's crazy the yeah. amount of like and it, it's another thing i did want to just briefly touch on with you as well I'm yeah. sure you guys all the time but being a younger leader in general um because mm -hmm. like what what you're kind of describing that internal i call it head trash right it's head okay. trash that they've got um about oh my god if i try again if i call them again they're going to not like me they're going to think i'm being crazy either right and it's the voices and the, the chatter that you cody puts into your head and oftentimes, yeah. especially when I was younger, like I was doing training, right? And I was training these guys. Literally, I had somebody tell me once, I have a grandson that is your age. What are you going mm -hmm. to do? <laughs> like, right. Well, <laughs> right. So yeah. I had some of those types of things like happen to me and things. But what I realized more times, that was a crazy case um, in general. What I realized more times than not is that when I reached out, I was like, hey, I'm young. I have no clue what I'm doing. It was guys like you that were like, dude hell yes let's chat like I could yeah um and it because was because of that drive and that perseverance yeah and your wheels are going all the time it's yeah i i've for everybody out there listening you know the 18 to 26 you're you're experiencing that right now i have a feeling this <laughs> feeling that your age has something to do with your contribution forget that like that means nothing to me um organizations that view it that way aren't going to be around a whole lot longer i'm not saying you can't like going through the grind like i learn something new every day and i'm better for it I, there's no doubt about that 
But don't give me this line that because someone's 18, 25, whatever, that they can't contribute or don't, don't, can't teach you anything. Give me a break. I mean, that's just complete BS. And I mean, they're bringing this next wave of energy to this world. You're going to hold them down. The next Tesla is somewhere in one of these brains. The next Apple is somewhere in one of these brains right here. And you're over some pride thing and age thing. Give me a break. Like let these people flourish because it's going to be better for the world. You know, that's how I view it. And if age is ever, ever a factor in that, like in your qualifications, I I just don't buy that, you know, I mean, to an extent, obviously, you know, a two-year-old, but you can learn a lot. I learn a lot from my four-year-old. I can tell you that, Um, you know, so it's like, you know, so for all of you out there, like embrace it. You're in such a great spot, the energy, the excitement. I love your generation. Uh, you're going to be the ones taking care of me and helping me get to where I want to go soon. You know, <laughs> and it just, I never would have been doing what you're doing right now. I just didn't back then. It's different now. I'm so fascinated with what you all do and the guts you have and the chances you take there are no walls, you know, for you all, like I talked about earlier, you break them down and you don't, I love it. Like I it's, it's so refreshing. It's so awesome it's, too. You're like, yeah. a too. for anyone that's listening and you have that voice that creeps in your head. Oh, you'll never talk to me. You'll never do. Here's this voice. This is the voice that is actually going on in their head. Like, holy shit. How old are you? When I was that age, like, right. don't be afraid of those things. Like I love right. that. That's such a good. I voice. mean, how many of you are out there going, if someone would just give me a chance, I, t- I promise I was there and I wanted it and it didn't come and it didn't come. And then it came. If you get that chance, take it yes. and make it awesome and love it and do what you love to not to get on a tangent, but like work can and should be fun for everybody. Yeah. It can be, it's life. There's no work life balance. That's old school thinking. It's just life. Like make it fun, go out there and crush it and make Make it in, make your work enhance your life and vice versa. It, that's how it's done now. I hope you all continue that and bring even new perspective to it. But those days of like dreading getting up when your alarm goes off, let's right. stop those. Let's put an end to those days and get up and be excited about it. And let's go out and change the world together. That's, that's how we always kind of try to do things here at Pro Athlete. I love that. Yeah, for anybody that's a weekend warrior and wants to get to the weekends as possible, check out what's going on it's like you're not as excited for the weekday as you are weekend and there's a difference like that's a point where you're like huh there's something here <laughs> uh, yes. to more with the work-life balancing it's like what? i just live what do you mean <laughs> so yeah that's i love absolutely. that absolutely um so the last thing uh we've come far a long ways i'm, I'm getting jacked up too that last <laughs> little here speaking up good work <laughs> motivation i like it next to you, my friend um, there we go <laughs> Uh, but the higher plane, speaking of what's next, the higher plane, like what's, what is um, your, your, the thing that you're trying to get to next? You, you've learned so much. What, what's kind of your higher plane or that next waypoint for you? Yeah, great question. Um, again, not to give a stock answer. I'll try to add some more context to it. But the blowing people's mind thing, I just believe in it so much. And I don't know if there's, an, there's not an end to that like there's not a an end game to that it's a forever game for me and I like that yes. and you know so for me I think it's kind of what we just talked about too it's making sure that the spirit of the work we do here it's going to look different like e-commerce might not be a thing in 10 years 20 years I don't know I'm just making this up but nobody believed or nobody knew about the internet back in the early 90s and there it came it's going to the business world's going to look a lot different. But what I want is the spirit of what we do here to live on. It's going to be changing and stuff like that. But the, the concept of blowing people's minds and doing right, I want that to be remembered. And so therefore, I think it means, you know, being a mentor for other people, like people 18 to 26 year old, and make them realize that they don't have to go take that job that they don't love that you can go create something on your own or be a part of an organization that does believe in those things. And I think for me, that's an important component because 
I don't just want to say my time here, however many years it is at Pro Athlete, that that was it. That's the end of the story. There's a legacy component to that. Again, the what it looks like on the outside changes. We have a bar. I'm sitting in our company bar right now. That may not be a thing in businesses in 10 or 20 years, but the reasoning and thought behind it, the blowing people's mind when they hear that we have a bar or we have a swimming pool or we give everybody food, that's what we're trying to do. Whatever that looks like in 10, 20 years, I don't know. But the spirit of it needs to live on, in my opinion, because at the end of the day, if you do the right thing, everything's going to take care of itself. And you're going to feel pretty damn good about things, too. Um, yeah. If you can sit back there when this, this run at your job or whatever you call it is over, don't you want to look back and not be counting the dollars, but be counting the memories, yeah. is what I always say. And that's, that's important to me. So, yeah. And it's focusing more on happiness as opposed and 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 things that are less material. Like that's those moments. Like there's one of the big things. Like I was just reading. I think maybe it was Max, John Maxwell or some somebody like that. But that, that's the biggest thing is that you think it's all about the make the money, do your job, do all this stuff. But it's those moments. Those like like for example, I, I had a, I had one as I was reading this. I was like, oh, I know one was this Christmas, it was a strange one, right? 2020, right? <laughs> but I was Zooming all of my friends, all of my family, or really all of my family. It was just so cool, honestly, to get to see things I don't usually get to see. Like I don't, I'm usually at a Christmas. I can't usually make right. it to my Texas Christmas. My, my, my family in Texas, Chicago, like my sisters are in Ohio. And I was at all of those. I got to be a part That's of awesome. all of those moments. And so it's like, damn, that was an interesting moment. That nothing yes. to do with what we were getting. It had nothing to do with the gifts. It was just a moment, multiple of them. So I love that. That's well said. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm sorry. It's maybe not, yeah, maybe not a specific, you know, one there, but I, I think it's, I think that's where we're headed next. And, you know, our, our business is going to look a lot different. We're acquiring brands and starting brands and different things like that. But like I've said over and over, you know, when I talk to people, it, we're, like I just said, we're, it's not about counting the number of bats or that we sold or, how much money we made it those aren't the things i remember from year to year i remember that moment on that private jet when i saw that person send that text i remember you know the moment that i got to go to the rawlings gold glove ceremony and like all these different things you know I, those are the things i'm going to remember that this place provided me um, when we held the special olympic send-off for all the missouri athletes before they went to seattle to compete in the games in this building i'll never forget the spirit tunnel we formed for them you know, I'll never forget those things. I'll never forget being at the wild card game when the Royals um, won in 2014 with all of the employees in a suite and their families and the pro and the company got it. I'll never, those are the things I'm going to remember. I, you know, and the bat selling bats and gloves and those things allow us to do those, but too many people put it the wrong way. Start thinking about those moments today. Yes. Do the things to, to support that the money will come so you can do those later. But if you don't, if you can't do the private jet thing or the suite, we couldn't do that back in the day either, but we still started with providing everybody food early on and people just brought food in. Okay. That's a small step. Take it right. and create a culture of blowing people's minds. You don't jump right to the private jet. You don't jump right to that. You right. do the thing because there's certain things you can do today that I guarantee you, will blow your uh, staff's mind or your family's mind, you know? And I think you jumping on those Zoom calls, that probably is like something very special for everybody around Christmas that they're all gonna remember just as much as you did. I love that, mind blowing moments. I, 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 I might take that one for myself, I'm about to do some- You got it. Switch up uh, one of our core values, like yeah, blowing people's good. minds. Gotta be yes, something. heck yeah. Yeah, but um, I love that, that's awesome. And uh, I think, we should definitely, in the in the lighthearted nature of one upping another, once Elon privatizes space, I would love to have yeah. a mind blowing moment of we're going to the moon and we'll be back later this afternoon. There you go. <laughs> that would be cool. That is <laughs> that awesome. That might be yeah. like that next level thing yeah. or whatever. So that could that be would cool. Be awesome, man. Yeah. I love that. Well, I do appreciate you taking some time. If there's any other last thoughts or anything you want to give? I think you wrapped it perfectly with create mind blowing moments you remember when you die. Um, I think. Yeah for others, serving sure. others. Um, I think that that's huge, but if there's anything else you want to give or, or uh, how can people reach out to you? What, what's the best way to talk to you? Um, anything like that, even if it's just a social media, um, it's kind of- Yeah, um, 
I mean, I want to thank you for doing this and asking me to be on and, you know, more so for the mission you're on to represent and help this demographic, such an important demographic for the future of the planet for so many reasons and inspiring them the way you are getting them connected with people who have been in their shoes is a very important work. And thank you for doing that. You know, I think that's, it's so powerful and um, I can't thank you enough, but yeah, if anybody wants to reach out to me, hit me up on LinkedIn, Andrew Dallas, that's probably the best way. And I will always try to get back to you and help in any way I can and, you know, point you in the right direction or whatever I can do, but just super inspired by what you've been doing, Cody. So thank you for having me. I appreciate that. That's, that's interesting too. Youngest of all that I've ever interviewed the first ever, like say something like that to me. So that, that was cool. Yeah. Cool moment for me. Yeah. I, I appreciate that, man. Um, thank you so much.